Hello and welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This is going to be possibly episode nine. I don't know. I've actually used up my allotment of time uh, for the month on Buzzsprout, which I didn't even think I'd get close to, but I did. So this will possibly be episode nine. If not, it's going to land somewhere. I'm lining up some interviews with men who I think have a lot to contribute. Well, they do actually contribute a lot to men in our culture, period. But I want their take on some things, and I want other people to be able to hear their insights, not just mine. This isn't about just me. Um, I just got—I just left church, and I was not coming to record something. Now I was going to pursue a different path, but I had to come back and make this recording. And so I've been praying for my pastor at our church for a while, and for him to kind of be shaken with more boldness. And I think because I I hang out with so many people, I get to know so many people that a lot of times I see the potential in them actually very quickly. And I notice how many people, particularly men, underestimate the potential that's in them. And I would say that's probably true outside of men, but that is the large portion of my life, of my time is spent with men. So I don't know. It, it probably holds true with, with women, uh, too. Um, but anyway, but I've seen this potential in our pastor for a long time. And over the past few months, there's been a transition of him becoming a man on fire. And that has been awesome to watch. And it's a boldness that's always been there. I'm going to tie this all together with several different people real quick here. So I've I've been watching that dynamic take place because he's got an awesome heart. Our pastor loves people. He genuinely loves people. And it is not a facade. It is he has a tremendous capability for loving people that is absolutely genuine. And I have respected that about him since I met him. Plus, since I'm a square peg that fits in a round hole, I'm definitely out on the end of the branches half the time, not on the trunk of the tree. Uh, he's never criticized me for that. He's never told me I need to uh, tone it down, something like that. He doesn't see himself as the dictator of life or uh, the dictator of the direction of the church all the time. There, 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 He's always been different. And the only thing he needed was boldness to really turn that loose, to inspire other men. And it's selfish. I want to see him inspire other men because he's got it in him to do it. And I'm watching that fire wake up. And so I just left the church and I've, I've watched him every week increasing in that boldness. And that's what he, that's what he taught on this morning. And I was just, I wanted to stand up. I've never stood up and hollered during the church service, but I nearly did in this one. And then I walked out into the lobby and I bumped into uh, a man that I haven't seen in probably close to a year. And he was in, he came to my men's group for a while. And when I say that I meet people and I see their potential and they seem to miss it or they seem to be afraid of it, uh, he's one of those guys. And they're not falling out of the trees. And we got to talking in the lobby of the church and he said, I quit drinking. I was like, what? And he said, I quit drinking. And I, it almost made tears start coming down my face because that was the, the one obstacle 
it's almost like he couldn't figure out why he was drinking. And ever since I've known him, I saw the drinking as a way to shut down his potential. And and he's well aware of it. I used to do the same thing. Was uh, You sabotage yourself. And it's almost like you grow up with something that makes you afraid to succeed. You're, you're afraid to uh, do something well. So you kind of shoot yourself in the foot from doing it. I've done it with several businesses in the past where I got it right to the verge of where it was going to become a very large like the potential, all the all the uh, potential energy was there. I had brought it to that point, and then it's like I shot myself in the foot. So the man I was talking to in the lobby, I'll have him on here. He's going to be one of the men I want to interview. I am so excited that the the way this morning panned out. So part of the reason of this podcast, and I've kind of kept away from trying to make it a, a strictly a Christian focus. Because I do want to reach men in general. And I don't want to make it... The problem is we've we've put so much baggage into Christianity. And Christianity, in its purest sense, is so awesome. And what Jesus modeled for us, what Jesus asked us to do, uh, the way Jesus interacts with us, if you give him a shot, it it is it's life changing, and I knew when I gave my life to Jesus back when I was eleven years old, I meant it, and that hasn't I haven't let that go away, and I've challenged a lot of things, and I've always asked a million questions, and I've not been afraid to question what I believe, and I think that's what makes me so firmly rooted in what I do believe. So as I've been moving around in my circle. I keep tabs on a lot of people because I try to make sure they don't fall off the radar. I know a lot of exceptional people. And I have noticed a distinct pattern in talking to many of those exceptional people. Because I used to get together, I would just randomly call people and say, hey, you want to get lunch? You want to get a cup of coffee? And I've kind of stopped doing that over the past year, year and a half, because this is how the conversation usually goes. Well, I'm drunk. I'm, I'm, I'm drunk at my house. I'm drinking at my house. And and once or twice, it's not really much. But it has become a consistent pattern over the, over the past year to 18 months. And I, you know, and, it, and it, it's not just guys that are local to me. It's friends. I have a friend in, in California who is a very well-respected surgeon he has one of the best scholarly minds of any person I've ever known. His father was exactly the same way. And I wish if you took five of my brains, I would probably stand a chance in any intellectual battle with my friend in California. He is truly one of the smartest, best critically thinking minds I have ever known. And he is just like that regard. He's just like his father in that regard. And, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, because he was talking, he's like, yeah, you know, I have some drinks, you know, after work, stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, you used to never drink. Like even a couple of years ago, you never did. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. And I thought about my own self, like I've had the urge to drink more lately and I keep pushing it aside. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like two years ago, I never drank anything. So... But if you want to kind of shut me down and make me get lethargic 
Or if I want to, I guess, move into this fog where I can be depressed, alcohol is a great road to traveling there. It's a very effective tool for me. You don't, most of the time, rocking my world with some kind of circumstance doesn't really shut me down anymore because I've experienced enough of them to just realize it's a season, it'll pass, and I'll still be here, even if the math doesn't work. But I'm watching my circle drinking a lot. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the depression that I grew up, um, that I saw in uh, communist countries where drinking would go really high. And it was, I'm thinking there's like a, there's an important piece of the mix. If you want to dominate a people, you know, when all the, when all the food and stuff disappeared from the grocery stores during the first run after back in early 2020, when everybody started doing panic buying, the odd thing was there was always plenty of beer and cigarettes. Like the liquor stores were fully stocked. The beer shelves were always fully stocked. Like tobacco and beer were always readily available. And I was like, huh, that's weird. That part of the supply chain, it's almost like it was ramped up to accommodate this in advance. And now I see that as a distinct possibility. Because if you can get people drinking, you can make them give up hope. And that is my friend that I met in the lobby this morning. I've known him for years now. And I love him like a brother. But he's he's got so much potential that if I could have snapped my finger and removed the alcohol from the equation, I just see like this. He's a dude. Like he's very much a manly man. So I don't. I, but a flower that was always in the bud stage, and it, it it didn't bloom. And now, when he told me that he stopped drinking, I was like, "Sweet man." Katie bar the door because here's a man turned loose. He's not a, he's not a prisoner anymore. So I am leaving this message for you. You're listening, whoever you are. Have you found yourself in the past year to two years developing a taste for alcohol? And I'm not like anti-drinking or anything like that. This is not what this is about. I'm just asking you, do you find yourself disengaging from life because you are sitting at your house drinking more? So like you can't drive anywhere. You don't necessarily want people over maybe because you don't want to have drunk conversations. I don't know. I'm not being critical in any way. I'm only asking you because you're listening. It's you I'm talking to. Are you, are you allowing yourself to be removed from engaging life so that you can get a buzz? And if you are, step back and look at that and see, like go back a couple of years from here compared to now. How plugged into life are you? Were you more plugged in two years ago than you are right now? If you are and you find yourself drinking, and maybe like me, like I didn't drink a beer for ages. But then about 18 months ago, I was like, ah, I'll buy a beer. You know, I was like, that's just weird. Like, you know, and then there was, I, I would just start drinking a few every night. I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'm all about hiking. 
I make these healthy smoothies. Like I love vegetables. I mean, I like meat too, but, but you know, like I'm usually pouring really healthy stuff in my body. I'm always out crashing through the trees somewhere, you know, hiking through the woods, uh, getting people out, getting them in the woods, getting them into caves, whatever I can do to get people active and engaged with each other, getting to break the ice with each other so that we can build a sense of community. And I I could feel or sense something telling me, no, what you need to do is you need to start drinking. And I keep telling that voice, no, get away from me. Leave me alone. Like, I don't need to drink. Why would I do that? Like, I I have a happy life. I enjoy my life. I love people. People are what relationships are what build substance into my life next to God. But it's in the context of God that I want the relationships with people because I want to demonstrate love to them, like genuine love. So if you are listening to this and you have unplugged from life because you have this unexplainable or let's say an urge that kind of popped out of nowhere to drink and you're, you are conceding to that urge. Stop. It's not accidental. I would argue that it's on purpose and and, and maybe I get to that farther down the road. If you are, you can, are you the only person that can answer this question? Are you sabotaging your own potential? Are you sabotaging your own potential to impact people's lives in a positive way around you? If you're doing that, you need to stop doing that. In the Christian man in me, the man who loves Jesus, I, I, I don't know it for absolute certain, but the timing of me to dump that book, I had not touched a pen in 14 years when I wrote that book. I used to write a lot, and then I stopped. Like, just cold turkey, stopped writing. And I typed that book so fast it made my forearms hurt. I didn't look back. I just started typing the way I used to write. That The timing of that was conspicuous. I knew it was leading to something. There was something future it would have relevance to. This podcast, I did not want to do it. Now it's starting to grow on me because I can see it going somewhere. And I don't have to be good at this. This is about helping men heal in our nation. And I do have this sense, and we'll see how it pans out. Truth is the daughter of time. I think in 18 months to three years, somewhere in that span, because this is just a small aspect. This podcast, sorry, I speak in parentheses a lot. The book was written to organize my thoughts. The podcast is to make me develop the ability to be concise, to speak instead of write. But that's only part of the equation. I know like there's other things that are I'm moving in the direction of that will be, if they pan out, they will be a large magnet for men. And it's something I plan on kind of unfolding across the western half of the U.S., if God puts the wheels on it, that is what I see in my future. And and sitting right here today is September 12th of 2021. I'm a little bit less than two years for the launch point. But I think it's going to resonate with men in a huge way.
in an organic, healthy way. So the book and this podcast are only... The book was what's next. The podcast is what was next then. And now it's about waking men up for what's 18 months to two years out for me. So if you are sabotaging yourself, stop doing that. I think in if you are a Christian, and this is for Christians, and if you're not a Christian, you may think this sounds whacked. I think in 18 months to three years, somewhere between that span of time, we are going to see an awakening in men for Jesus Christ. Because men are going to be so hungry, so famished, and awakened that an unadulterated walk with Christ through life will look like what I see it as, not what churches have made it into, but something that is refreshing and substantial and purposeful. So get out of the alcohol. If that's you, you need to put it aside because there is a time coming. You need to be able to use your potential. What God put it in you to be, it's not that I need that in 18 months to three years. God needs that. He can do it without you. But you know better than that. It's something you need to be a part of. And God is tapping people all around the world right now for whatever's coming. And I know we live, if you live around media, you think it's a dark time and it's everything's ugly and whatever. I don't live in that world. I don't see that at all. I see us coming into a period where people can see without a dirty lens from churches who Jesus was, why he came in the form of a man, why he gave up his life for you. And that is an awesome connection in life. I'll shut it off here. And I want to say more, but I'll get to it later. And I'm going to start bringing men in for interviews. Because I want you to hear what they have to say. Not just what I have to say. Because I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not. And so I wish you the best for this day. If you're drinking, stop. It's not helping you. It's only hurting you. Put that aside. Get out there and engage life. Start unlocking who you are and stop hiding who you are. Get out there and love people. Build a sense of community. Get going with it. We need you in the near future. And and you, you need to be there with a clear mind. All right. Hope you have a fantastic day and I'll catch you on the next round. <laughs>